you're not supposed to shoot tequila. <laughs> okay? This is a PSA to all people who do not, who are not connoisseurs of tequila. <laughs> do not shoot it. Yeah. Cadence and Kale, a 30-minute podcast designed to talk over our last blog post, Saying No. A couple of things that you should know. We write about a topic every, you know, week, two weeks, month. But what's unique is that we set a timer and we write for 30 minutes only, all edits in. Every blog post has two points of view. And... I don't look at Vale's piece of work before I write, and she doesn't look at my post before I write. We write freestyle. When we record, it's raw, it's real, no edits are made. And finally, this is new. If we're in doubt, we ask the Magic 8-Ball. Full disclosure, I forgot it today. So we're using www.ask8ball.net should we need to. I feel like we're going to get a lot of magic eight ball questions since you forgot it. But I'm that's dying great. to know how this is going to turn out. Like always, we rock, scissors, paper to see who asks or answers the question first. Okay. All right. Fail wins again. So, my 10-word intro is, I'm tired and energized all at the same time. Hmm. I know how you feel. Mm. I do. My 10-word intro is, I'm inspired and motivated. Now let's just do some epic shit. Oh, yeah. Let's do epic shit. Yeah. I agree. Well, this podcast is going to be epic, as usual. So, I'm going to ask the first question to Diane. Um, (laughs) We both mentioned saying no to a boyfriend. And although I didn't write about it, um, we both moved to a a new country immediately following. (laughs) Now I have so many questions, but the question I wrote down was... Why do you think saying no to a man or a relationship is one of the things that stuck out to both you and I? Hmm. Well, um, and I think that they were in different scenarios. I think that you were possibly breaking up with your boyfriend, correct? And I was breaking up. I was being broken up with. Oh. Yeah, no. I was broke. Jesse broke up with me and then he came back and he was like, please take me back. And I was like, no. No, but mine was similar. Like, I went to Colorado to break up with him. Okay. And then he was like begging me to take him back. Okay. And you were saying no. Uh huh. Okay. So it was the begging to come back. Yeah. That's what felt similar to me. Yeah. Um,. Well, I mean, I think it stands out because that was a that was a hugely pivotal moment in my life where I had taken Jesse back, I want to say four times over the two years that we were together. Like he would break up with me every three to four months, very spontaneously. Like one day on a Saturday, we'd have a nice, great day. And then on the Sunday, we he'd break up with me. He'd just dump me cold. Um, and 
And it was pivotal for me because I was still in love with him. When I did not take him back, I was still like, it was breaking my heart just as much as it was breaking his, I'm sure. Um, maybe it was the toughest kind of love around, but, um, there was something else that happened actually. My friend Maggie, I, and I tell this story often and she's always like, no, no, it wasn't that big a deal. It was a huge deal. Um, she was living in Japan at the time and I called her and I told her like, I'm, I was so depressed. I was probably crying. Like I probably, you know, lost like 25 pounds of tears, just like water. I had cried so much. And I called her and I said, you know, I'd like to get in my car and just drive somewhere, but I have no gas and I don't have any money to put gas in my car. Cause I had been to my other friend Raina's wedding the week before. And, uh, so I wasn't working. I, I had taken like two weeks off work or something. Um, actually I was in between jobs. Yeah. So I really wasn't working. Um, and I said to Maggie, like, I feel like I don't, I, I don't have any options. And within like 30 minutes, her ex-boyfriend showed up at my door with an envelope with a card that said, you always have options. And there was $200 inside. And that gesture for me, like if I were to have taken Jesse back, that would have just been a non-acknowledgement of something like, I don't know if it, it would, it felt so wrong. I knew that I didn't have, that I shouldn't have like taken him back. I knew that, you know, my life was going in one direction and his was going in another, but that was like, I guess the, the straw that broke the camel's back. Like that. So gesture. Did, that gesture, did that happen before he came to you or after? Before. Okay. Before, yeah. Because if he came back to me, like, say say he broke up with me on a Sunday, which probably was a Sunday. If he came back to me on the Monday, I probably would have taken him back. This was, like, I want to say, like, four or five days after, like, crying all day long. And I cried all day long. And I remember, like, yeah, I remember sometimes when he would break up with me and I would go to work and I would just be so And I was a waitress. Like, imagine. <laughs> that I was. Hello! so many tips uh, in my life. We're so sorry. Sorry for me. if your water is salty. <laughs> yeah. Um, so that was a pivotal, like that was a really pivotal moment. And yes, I've had many relationships, but that was one that, you know, sh- shifted my entire life. Huh. Yeah. It's so interesting that you brought up that kind of gesture that your friend made. Mm-hmm. Because I feel like it's something, like, right out of the Diane playbook. Like, I feel like you hmm. really love being able to do that for other people. Um, so it's just interesting how that played such a role, role in, like, that pivotal moment of your life. And just wondering how that affects, I don't know. For me, how I perceive you right. as somebody who wants to help people have options, you know, or yeah, well, and maybe support that, people to choose the best option. For right. Themselves. But, and maybe that was what part of what made me this way, though. Well, that's that, what I'm wondering. Somebody gave me that and it was like the nicest gesture and so timely, uh-huh. you know, um, I'm reading a book right now called The Power of Moments. And it's just like this. Um, I'm reading right now about how in order to create a moment, and moments are what people remember, Mm -hmm. um, is to change the script, it says. So, like, to do something that's not in the ordinary. Now, 
like Maggie sending me that money. Yeah. I didn't expect her to do it. And she never, we never finished the phone call with her saying like, die, I'm going to send you some money. Um, it was just like hope at my doorstep. You know? Right. Right. It was more than the $200. Oh. It wasn't just like, oh, no. this is $200. This is like, options. this is options. It was options. Yeah. It was, that was exactly what it was, was that you have options. That being, you don't have to get back together with him. Like there are more, there's more. Mm-hmm. And that was the big. If you've never heard or read the poem by Nair Wahid, that's about options. I don't have it memorized. I'll look it up while we're, we're casting and read it by the end. But, um, yeah, having options is powerful. Is it the, is it the fire? Yeah. Oh, I think I know it. Okay. You do not have to be a fire for every mountain in your way. You can be a water and soft river your way to freedom too. Options. By Nair Wahid. Yeah. It might be for every mountain blocking you. I'm not sure if it's in your way or blocking you, but. Yeah. It's a beautiful poem. It's a beautiful poem, and I think just the idea of knowing you have options, which goes back to you have yes or no. Those are your, sometimes your options. Um, And I think sometimes we forget that those we get so focused and we're oh, yeah. up against that mountain. Well, yeah, because that's what we want. Uh-huh. And we forget that there's, yeah, other possibilities. Yeah, and I mean, with him, with Jesse, um, there was a serious case with Jesse as well, though, of, um, like, I was madly in love with him, and yes, I was, but I also felt madly rejected by him. So the that stung, that hurt. Mm -hmm. And it took me a really long time to figure out that that feeling was not that I was not lovable, you know, but that I had been rejected or that I wasn't, and I write about this in my post, that I wasn't for him, Mm -hmm. you know? Exactly. Yeah. It wasn't me and it wasn't him, but Mm -hmm. we weren't, that wasn't going to have a long-term pulse Mm -hmm. in my, yeah. All right. Hi, Jesse. How's it going? Are you listening? <laughs> I did not name the boyfriend that I said no to. And Jesse and I are still friends. Oh, okay. so Well, yeah. Okay. I would be okay with him hearing that, and I'm sure that he'd be okay, too. Okay. We both mention um, people-pleasing mm. in our post. Mm-hmm. What do you think life would look like if people-pleasing wasn't even a thing? Oof. I mean... I want to kind of, I think the only way for me to answer that is kind of to think about like, what if I personally wasn't people pleasing, what would it look like for me? And then like, just expand that out to all of humanity. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I guess I would hope that it wouldn't be a cold world where people, I think the reason I'm a people pleaser is because I'm afraid if I am not kind of um, thinking about others' needs or things like that, that I'm not being compassionate, which is why I feel like my natural kind of reaction to what would it be like would be a colder world where everyone would be just like, well, I don't want to do that because I'm not going to please you, you know, that kind of thing. But when I really do settle into thinking about... um, 
what is driving my decision of yes or no and how much people pleasing plays into that. When I finally say no, it's not like, no, I'm not going to do that for you. It's not, it doesn't come off that way. It doesn't come off harsh and it doesn't come off. Um, it's more like, no, I chose the other option, you know? So hopefully I think maybe it would be a world where we're tearing off our masks a bit and we're showing our true selves and maybe living our truth a little bit more. Um, because I know that I'm, because it's something, it is something that I, that I, I tend to be people, people pleaser. Um, but it's something that I'm trying to be more aware of is that I feel more solid and satisfied with the decisions that I make when I am thinking, am I just doing this for someone else? Or am I doing it for me and for them? And I think those are two different things. But I think taking the time sometimes when it's a big decision, not like, you know, do you want peanut butter or almond butter? Like, right. I mean, how do you choose, first of all, between those two? <laughs> but, have a you know, like that, I'm not going to get all, you know. Yeah, my panties all in a wad about that decision. But Panties in a wad. Um, I've never heard that. What? One. I hear knickers in a nut. Do you guys oh, say panties in a we wad? We say panties in a wad. <laughs> do you guys say knickers in a wad? No, we oh, should do not. We literally live like five hours driving from each other, <laughs> like growing up, and we speak a different language. We absolutely <laughs> do. I mean, understand you. Just kidding. But when you're making a big decision, I think it's good to kind of think about whether you're putting too much emphasis on what others are thinking about your decision and less on your own. Yeah. On what you would like to have happen. I think we probably put more emphasis on what other people are thinking like 99% of the time. No. Yeah. It's hard. I think, I mean, I, there is like that kind of, um, and maybe even culturally or whatever. I think many people struggle with that people-pleasing thing and wanting to be viewed in a certain way by others, whether it be successful or compassionate or, um, I mean, whatever adjective you want to use for that. But, like, I think um, I have found that if I make a decision more based on what my needs are rather than just doing something for somebody else with then because if I'm not coming from a solid place and I'm not happy and Mm -hmm. I'm not like this whole person that feels powerful then I think I'm actually like less capable to be there for other people yeah so if I'm like going around the world trying to like fix everybody else's problems and make sure that everyone else is happy I think that I'm helping but if I actually came from a place of I'm on solid ground right. and I'm making these decisions from a place of authenticity, then I'm able to truly choose where I'm needed and where my gifts are needed and what my gifts are. Right. How, how, yeah. how my, how, instead of just kind of, you know, like 
the pipe is bursting, right? And right. you you know you try to patch the holes rather than like figure out where the leak is coming from, right? You know, and I think maybe that, yeah. So what the world would look like would be no more floods, which would have been nice for me two days ago when my basement flooded. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) No more floods. No more floods. Cool. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Number two for me. Um, You write that saying no is a way of expressing your yes. When you use your no, are you always aware of what you are saying yes to, or is it more like a instinct, gut instinct, when you're saying no? Um, okay, let's talk about the no's that actually mean no, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, so when I say no and I mean it, um, I'm more aware of what I don't want. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's the, that's the leading um, so just, it feels right to say no. It feels right to say no. Um, and I don't think like, you know, if somebody asks me, do you want to like, this happens all the time. Do you want to do X at seven o'clock PM on a weekday? And they don't quite understand that that is like my kids get home and I'm making dinner and there's very little chance that I'm going to be able to, or want to. Mm-hmm. At that time. So when somebody asks me that, I'm very aware. I don't want to be outside of my house at 7 o'clock on any weeknight. Um, and if it's a, if it's a spe- something special, then yes. If I know ahead of time and I can make plans for it and yada, 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 I'll do it. Right? But um, those ones just, yeah, the no feels right. But then there's the times when you say no and it feels wrong. Those are the times that I think you're very aware of the opposite side of it. Because it's not what you want. Hmm. Do you know what I mean? Explain that a little bit more. So, say, well, say somebody says, do you need help with that? Mm-hmm. And you say no. And you're very, like, I personally am always the type of person that's carrying a heavy box and somebody says, can I help you with that? And I'm like, no, it's okay. But really, I really want help with the box. So I'm very aware of the opposite side of it, what I actually want. Mm-hmm. But I won't say yes. I mean, seldom. Sometimes I will if, like, there's shit dripping out of the bottom of the box or, you know, I'm about to drop something or I'm struggling carrying two kids and somebody asks if they can take a stroller. You know what I mean? Like, there's times when I will say yes, but most of the time... If somebody asks, or if somebody says, let me know how I can help, then Mm -hmm. I won't let them know. Right. Whereas if somebody says, can I bring you dinner on Saturday night? Then I'll say yes. But if somebody says, let me know how I can help, I'm not going to say, can you bring me dinner on Saturday night? Do you know what I mean? Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's interesting because the way that you're talking about no is sometimes how I feel about yes. Where you say yes when you don't really want to, you know what I mean? I think. Okay, yeah. I think sometimes we say no when we want to say yes, and yeah. I. But I, then I also think when I think of being a people pleaser or a pushover or whatever, it's, I'm saying yes to everything. Like they come to my coming, like screaming into my door, and they're like, "I need you to do one more thing," and you're like, "Okay," even though in like my brain, I'm like, "There's no way." Ah, I you know what this goes back to. 
Uh -huh. This goes back to when I did my level one teacher training and you had to um, come up with the lie about your, like who you are. I don't know if you had to do the same thing. We, we had to hope that I'm not ruining anybody's level one right no. now, but when I did level one, I'm not telling you where I did it or with who, um, but we had to come up with a, the lie that you've been telling yourself for your whole life. Ah, yeah. And mine was that I'm a pain in the ass. So that, for me, that is why I have so much help. I never want to be a pain in the ass to anybody. Mm. So I won't accept help, and I won't, like, impose on your space, and I won't, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. I'll just try not to be a pain in the ass, basically. Mm -hmm. So that's where my artificial no comes in. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Do you remember what your life yeah. was? Yeah. Mine was very connected to, like, my physical body. Oh. Mine was more about me being broken. Oh. But that, I mean, it's, it's, there's been some, but it was about, I can't remember what I was repeating now that I think about it, but, um, it was kind of like, I'm good enough. I'm not broken. Like I'm mm -hmm. not. Yeah. Now that you bring it up, I remember. Hmm. So I don't know how that plays into me people pleasing and. Well, I mean, and it might not have any connection. Who knows? Yeah. yeah. But, um, yeah. Did I answer your question? I yeah. think I got a little confused in there. I got a little worried at one point, and I was like, did I just turn the yeses and noes upside down? I'm not even sure. You answered beautifully, and I think that it was just listening to you that it was interesting how you perceive those noes is kind of how I perceived yes, yes. right yeah so it's a tricky one both of us I, I do have to mention this both of us started writing about no and we ended up having to write about yes because they're intertwined and oh yeah. they just kind of yeah yeah they're they're not brothers and sisters they're no. like intertwined as you said mm -hmm. yeah, they like create the rope yep no just kidding. Uh, yeah. No, yeah. No. <laughs> okay, is it my question or yours? I think, I think it's mine. yours. Fail. Um, what are some of the... Th I'm going into question five. What are some of the things in your life that are big, fat no's right now? Ah. <sighs> Um, unfortunately, alcohol. Okay. Yeah, this is good. <laughs> because I'm pregnant. I'm just kidding. Although it's funny that you asked that because I was, I got interrupted several times during this post because I had people in the house and somebody sent me a message mentioning shots, like taking shots. And that's a hard no. So uh, maybe I'm on the cat, you know, category of alcohol thinking that is at the front of my brain. Um, but that's a definite no. Um, I think one of the other no's, um, is, and I'm going to say yes here, but it's one of the other no's is like saying yes to everything that people ask me to do. Um, having the people pleasing gene or whatever, I think that sometimes 
I was just like, for every little thing that was being asked, like, oh, do you want to do this? Or do you want to do that? And it, like, I don't want to be perceived as this person that isn't fun or won't help or, but it, I think the no is, so it's not to every single thing that I'm being asked, but it's, my no is more about making sure that I'm giving myself enough self-care. And I think part of that has to do with the fact that I'm pregnant and that I, but I think that that's interesting that I'm more able to and aware of me being able to say no and like I'm saying no to lifting things or that I shouldn't or things like that, that previously I wouldn't have been able to, I'm saying yes to help mm-hmm. that I would have said no to. So it's been an interesting couple of months to really kind of be like, I'm, kind of treating myself in a totally different way um, than I would in a normal, in my normal day-to-day life. And what does that mean? And how can I carry forward a bit more of that? Yeah, I'm carrying a box that's about to tap tip over. Can I say yes? Right. Um, so I don't know. I didn't really answer your question except for the no shots. You did, but I'm going to go back to that, actually, the no shots. Mm-hmm. Um Do you like tequila or no? Mezcal? I mean, I sip tequila. Okay, that's what I was going to go back to. And I was going to say, like, does having a not shot but sipping tequila, does that count as a shot? No, it does not count as a shot. Okay, so you like to sip tequila. Yes. Oh, good. Me too. Yeah. Me too. Um, By the way, you're not supposed to shoot tequila. (laughs) Okay? This is a PSA to all people who do not, who are not connoisseurs of tequila. (laughs) Do not shoot it. Yeah. No, Sip I mean, it. yeah, I'm, I am not altogether unfun, but like, I just, at this moment in my life, if the round of shots came out, oh. I would be a, it would be hard now. I would probably say no as well. Yeah. Yeah. Whereas, I mean, even two or three years ago, that would be a for sure yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So... I'm glad you clarified that, though. Well, it was necessary. (laughs) Okay. The next one. So I I get chills every time I hear, and I hope you don't mind that I'm going to ask a question about this story, but about the story about your no in Colombia in 2003. Um, And I feel like that scenario, she was locked in a garage, could have played out in many different ways. Do you really think it was the word no that registered with the stranger or how do you envision him hearing that no coming from you at that moment? Um, I wasn't going to budge. There was no, I mean, there might've been a tremble in my voice, but there was no waver in my voice. So Mm -hmm. there, there's no way like he, so I had a guy had a knife to my neck and I was locked in a garage and he wanted me to take my clothes off. He kept saying, keep the ropa. Um, and there's no way I was going to take my clothes off. Mm -hmm. I was just like in my head, I was like naked with a knife to my neck or clothed with a knife to my neck. And it was a, I mean, there was no way, there was no way, Mm -hmm. you know? Um, 
And I felt like he was being very careful not to cut me. So I thought, if he's being so careful not to cut me, then he's afraid that he's going to cut me. He's afraid he's going to hurt me, mm-hmm. actually. Um, and so I was just not willing to do what he wanted me to do. And I mean, I, like, I said no to him, and I said, you know, you only have one choice, and that's to open the door and let me go. That's the only choice that you have right now. And he was like, you know, he must have said it 50 times. I don't know. I was going to say 25, but I thought I'd embellish a little bit and say 50. (laughs) I don't know. I felt like it lasted like 10 to 15 minutes. Maybe it was only five. I don't know. But uh, he just kept going back to say the same thing. Take your clothes off. No. Take your clothes off. No. Take your clothes off. No. Open the door. No. Take your clothes off. No. You're not going to do anything with a knife. You have one choice. Open the door. Um, So no. I was firm. Was I afraid? Yes. Um, but I also knew that he was not going to use the knife. Like, I knew it. Mm. And I, just as much as I knew the minute that he got in the car that something bad was going to happen. I knew it. I knew it. So he got in. I was, I was leaving a bar. I got in a taxi to go home. He got in the car with me, and he said, can we share the taxi? And I said, yeah. And then the taxi driver drove us to his house and made me get out of the car. So I think that they were in on it together. Um, But anyways, I knew when he got in the car that something bad was going to happen. I knew it. But I also knew that he wasn't going to use the knife. Hmm. Instinct in those situations, pretty crazy. Yep. And I also remembered, I mentioned it in the post, the advice that my brother had given me. And I was like, in this situation, this is what I need to do. Yeah. There's no room for uh, being afraid and doing what he says. Whoa. Yeah. Thanks for sharing that. You're welcome. You know, I was like, as I was writing that, I was like, do I share this? Do I not share it? Do I share it? And I just decided to. Because I would looked at the timer and I was like, I'm 19 minutes in. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Okay. Yeah. So in writing this post, full disclosure once again, I started writing several different times like that first paragraph was the real first paragraph the second and third paragraph that you did not read are two paragraphs that I wrote about and then deleted them both and then went back to that yeah it's amazing what happens when you have 30 minutes to write about something what actually comes out and what feels right I recommend freestyle writing to anybody Vail. Okay, you talked, I want to pull up your post, but I, oh, you talked about um, some things, some things that you wish that you had said no to, and your last point, you said to friendships, where the person wasn't encouraging me to go, but rather dragging me down. How do you transition out of friendships? What does that look like? Yeah, tricky. Um, I think, for me, it's like, I do feel like every friendship relationship is a two-way street and I I think in my experience with that kind of a friendship where the person is somebody who is not my cheerleader and who is not pushing me to be my best self in my experience once you stop driving your way I kind of like it once you start not putting it all in, they won't either. 
Whereas I think if it was a true friend, somebody who would see you through the good times and the bad, if you pulled back, if you didn't, weren't giving something, they would be like, what's going on? Mm -hmm. Tell me about what's happening with you. And I feel like any time where I've kind of been like, well, this friendship or this relationship, I don't know if I'm getting all that I need out of it or if it's maybe it's not um, positive, if I kind of pull back a bit, usually it fizzles because there's really nothing there. Yeah, there's no substance. Nope. It just... Mm-hmm. settles in. Yeah. And that's okay. That's part of it life. Is. It doesn't mean that if any of those people that I'm thinking of in my head, it doesn't mean they're, they're bad people or, again, going back to your relationship yeah. with Jesse or, is that his name? Yeah. Hi, Jesse. I feel like I need to send this podcast to <laughs> Jesse beforehand to make sure that he gives us the thumbs up for publication. Um... Sometimes in relationships, it's just like there's just not the right fit. Like you're just, you don't have enough things in common. You're So it's not necessarily like this is a good or a bad person. It's just somebody who's not like connecting with you and filling you up in the way that you need at right. that moment in your life. They're not able to, yeah, to give back to the energy exchange. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 So anyway, not too bad. Um, All right. Well, you heard the timer. Boys and girls. Yep. And we have the hot seat today. Um, so. So excited. Diane's in the hot seat. And she did say it at one point. Hopefully this will make sense to her because this is how I read it. But you said when you say no to something, you're actually saying yes. Okay. To something else. Yes. Do you agree? Yes. Okay. So I'm going to say you're going to say no to something, and I want to say, I want you to tell me what you would be saying yes to. Okay? It's, yeah. Yeah. Okay? So. I'm going to close my eyes. Okay. Great. <laughs> She's really concentrating. I really am. Um, so when you say to a, no to a big new opportunity, you're saying yes to. A different big opportunity, because you are a person who thrives on big opportunities. I love that answer for you. Okay. Um, when you say no to a social event, you're saying yes to? Some self-care, some me time, some family time. When you say no to Cami or Neva, you're saying yes to? A podcast. <laughs> okay that was an unexpected answer um when you say no to something that ricky would like you to do such as can you um like are we talking about sexual things or well i was gonna i was gonna leave it up to you to interpret um ricky okay so then okay then I lose uh, a chance to connect with my husband. Oh, but what I say yes to. Sorry, <laughs> I say yes to. If I say if I say no to something, there I say yes to. Um, I don't know. It just goes back to more me time. I don't like that answer though. 
<laughs> no edits, no edits. If I say no to something that Ricky wants me to do, I say yes to the possibility, maybe I spend more time with my kids. I don't know. Okay. I'm thinking a bike ride. Like Ricky says, do you want to go for a bike ride on Saturday? And I say, no. What does that get me? More time at home with the kids. Mm-hmm. I don't think that all no's with in relationships have to become from a selfish place. No. At all. Um, when you say no to participating in an event, you're saying yes to... Oof, maybe it's like rest or recovery. I'm thinking event as in a race. Yeah, well, that's how, how yeah. I wrote it. Yeah, so the yes would be, um, yes, I'll let my body recover because it's not ready for that race. Okay. Can that's I, all. Can I open my eyes? You can open your eyes. I never told you you had to have your eyes closed. I know, but I didn't want to, like... I really kept them closed the whole time. I know you did. Yeah. Um, we didn't ask the magic eight ball anything again. Let's ask it something. Yeah. Well, it, it's it's fully appropriate because, because the magic eight ball is yes or no. Uh huh. So it's your turn to ask, Vale. Um, is Oliver going to be born on August third? We can ask that. Is Oliver Ooh. going to be born on August third? That's my little boy's due date. I have a feeling it's going to say definitely not. Most likely. Most likely. Oh, good. Yes. I'm so glad that the magic eight yes. ball said that. Yes, most likely. Ugh. I Great. was envisioning, I have a friend who went, I don't, I mean, I want to say two, more than two weeks past her due date. Hi, Christina. She is a beautiful baby girl now, and I'm like, in was just kind of, you know, that could happen to me. And it yes. would not be the worst thing in the world, but it would be challenging. And it could also be the other way. Vail's 34 weeks pregnant today, mm-hmm. and her husband is in Russia at the World Cup for the next two weeks. Mm-hmm. So we don't want any early surprises either. <laughs> no, I just August have to. third. I, yeah, I just, most likely. So I, I'll send that to my nieces. I talked to my nieces the other day, and they were like, what if your water breaks when when Tio is in Russia? And I was like, it's not going to happen. So <laughs> well, the magic eight ball agrees with me. Yeah, absolutely. And I love it. People, thanks for listening from beginning to end. Yeah. You can find the blog post at cadenceandkale.com slash, or just click the blog post button. Forget the forward backwards slash colon underscore at signs. Yeah, you'll find it. Um, thank you to Kelly and Kyle Music for our podcast riff. We love it. And thanks to all of you guys. Don't forget to rate and review. And if you have a topic that you would like to be part of, let us know. If you have a topic that you'd like to see us write about and talk about, let us know. We are all ears. Let's go do some epic shit. That was epic. It was. (laughs) All right. Bye. Later.